Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Gabe. And we're the, the Ghouls Next, Next Door. Door. Yeah. <coughs> no. Hey. None of that. None of that here. But I'm uh, not sick at all. Absolutely not. No sickness. <laughs> not gonna happen. You can't. Why not? Because then we all die. Yeah, so if you couldn't tell. <laughs> On our 62nd episode, we were talking about viral apocalypses. So we're doing our apocalypse series. Last week we did atomic and yeah, nuclear. 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 Yeah. Apocalypses. Today we're talking about viral apocalypses, but not yeah. zombies because we've done that too much. Yeah, we've done zombies. You know, you know what zombies are. There's other types of outbreaks. There's like real life ones, guys. Mm-hmm. And those are mm-hmm. scary too. Yeah, because <laughs> death still happens. Dying is scary, yeah. believe it or not. Absolutely. Yeah. I I would say, so nuclear is scary, but it's always like, it's something that's easily like neglectable. Like you can just like kind of forget it exists mm-hmm. like very easily. Yeah. Whereas with viral apocalypse, it's like, I feel like the news always has something new, right? Yeah. Like measles are back and it's like, that's cool. I thought we were done with that. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, like, just kidding. You remember how vaccines worked and then everyone stopped taking them? Now we have a disease again. Yep. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that would be a direct relation? Yeah. yeah. Or just like, I mean, what we had like H1N1, swine flu, that mm-hmm. was a big scare. Yeah. We had um, the one recently that was affecting women who were pregnant. Uh, one less, one less. Yeah, it's the one with the song. That was from the song. No, there's like uh, the the. It's like if they give a vaccine, it's three of them. HPV, oh. human oh, papillomavirus. No. That's not the one I'm talking about. Because there's a song that they have with the commercial, and it's like the people doing jump rope, and swimming and stuff. And they're like, I'm gonna be one less, one less. I do remember that. That yeah. is a thing that's ongoing forever. But I was talking about the Zika virus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was, like, where a pregnant woman then... But that was, like, something I remember recent. So I feel like it's... That one's more prevalent and in your face. Like, viral mm-hmm. apocalypse. Yeah. Is in that we kind of have, like, many ones. We've had many apocalypses throughout time. Yeah. Um, big plagues. Big death counts. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, I don't know if they're generally called plagues, but I know they used to be called plagues. Black so there was plague, a bunch yeah. of different But we ones. have, like, flus now. Avian yeah. flu. Mm-hmm. So, um, more so viruses Mm -hmm. or, um, epidemics, pandemics, that kind of stuff. So we see that a lot with, what's more so like flu-like things happening. We had, is Ebola flu? Is that flu? It's, it is a virus of some sort, I think. Yes. And then you had H1N1 and then like the different flu viruses are labeled by letters and numbers. Yes. I'm 90% sure. So like. (laughs) We did research. Yeah. So, I mean, those are all things, like, the flu is something that happens every year, and it evolves every year because something that's so long-lasting, like, it's something that we probably won't see completely eradicated, and it's, because it can mutate and take different forms, and, like, is always adapting and evolving, and essentially it just means, like, you know, fever, coughing, sneezing, the way that it, like, spreads, yeah, and, like, the quickness of it, or, like, the lack of, like, severity in its initial stage to, like, evolving into, like, 103 fevers and then heart failure. Yeah, and generally only targeting, like, or, like, killing and fatal to, like, older populations or younger populations, Mm -hmm. which is why they're encouraged to have the the flu vaccine Mm -hmm. or the flu shots every year 
because you have to change it up every year. And that's where they give you so they give you a minor version of it that you overcome, and now you can't get hurt. It's like chicken chicken pox. Yeah, and it's always interesting because it's like, I guess, the flu in more recent years hasn't necessarily been something that like you see you can die from if you're like in your mid twenties and up, until like you know you get older. So like I've never seen the flu as something that's terrifying. Yeah. Where it's like it is sometimes to certain populations or like age brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never considered something like, oh, if I get the flu, I'm just sick. Yeah. You know, where it's like maybe we should be taking it a little more seriously because you can die. Yeah. From the flu. And that's what we're going to explore today. We're going to tell you what happens when there are flus and viruses out there that can be deadly. What kind of actions are taken by the government and the people who are controlling that versus what actions should you be taking? Because that's what we do. Yeah. And I mean, it's just something that could definitely happen because viruses are real. Bioterrorism, real. Yeah. Gotta know stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so viruses and epidemics and pandemics which is interesting because both you and i play two games that are very similar Mm -hmm. and they are different only in that their names are different but they operate the same like you play plague inc Mm -hmm. and i played pandemic yeah which is also a board game too and i've played plague inc recently so i've refreshed my brain on how scary it is and definitely doing research for this i like look back and i'm like (gasps) This is like in the game, but real. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, when we go over the movies that we're going to do, that's how I felt watching Contagion. I was mm. like, this is what's happening in the game, but for the people I'm affecting because I'm a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it's like more scary that way. It's like, it makes you kind of like, because it just seems very abstract when yeah. you're just this virus that's infecting people. And you're like, yeah, we're going to make the symptoms real low at the beginning. So it spreads to more people and then we'll up them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, that stinks. Because real, real life. Die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we see people dying. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> yeah. And so in watching viral outbreak media, we have noticed a theme that the media reinforces. Um, there is a distrust for the government that mm-hmm. happens. Um, you see that in zombie movies. You see that in just plague movies, all kinds. Um, it's essentially a distrust of the government and like the power that they're holding over this population who has mm-hmm. no idea what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that they... The presumably the government probably had a hand in creating to begin with or mm-hmm. knew it was happening, right? Like, yeah, there's if they don't know, then what is happening in our government that they have no control over something like that, right? So, it could be something that they're they did because of nuclear fallout, because of disease warfare and um terrorism. If it's just human curiosity gone wrong, right? Like, let's see if we can create something just so we can cure it and get our name out there yeah like it's just for fame which is yeah you see in containment and so it seems like it's like the doctors have a role in it and it's scary yeah and it and it's yeah it it causes some distrust and that's what these films kind of show is one how easily we can fall victim to something we cannot see right Mm -hmm. it is an invisible villain that just like one day you sneeze and it's then the next day you're dead like that's crazy like it's exaggerated but and it's a real fear right but on top of that real fear is this attempt to like try to contain that or like at least minimize the amount of victims and those who are affected yeah and having a role like that oftentimes makes you 
um, kind of a villain in your own self, right? You're yeah, right. Yeah, well, because you have to operate bureaucratically with, like, the train metaphor yeah. more than individually with empathy and, like, human times. Yeah, so I'll go through kind of what is, like, what's a disease outbreak? What's an epidemic? What's a pandemic? So we can kind of get the basics down. We can learn. So a disease outbreak happens when a disease occurs in greater numbers than expected in a community or region or during a specific season, like flu season. An outbreak may occur in one community or even extend to several countries, and it can last from days to sometimes years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a single case of a contagious disease is considered an outbreak, and this may be true if it is an unknown disease, is new to a community, or has been absent for a very long time from a population. Like measles. Yes. <laughs> Who knew? Here it's back. We thought we got rid of it. Um, yeah, and so these disease outbreaks can be either an epidemic or a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So an epidemic occurs when an infectious disease spreads rapidly to many people. So, for example, in 2003, the severe acute respiratory syndrome, known as SARS, Mm -hmm. uh, epidemic took the lives of nearly 800 people worldwide. So this is something that just spread to a lot of people. Yeah, really um, quickly. Rapidly, yeah. Um, Whereas a pandemic is a global disease outbreak affecting many people over a long period of time, not immediately resulting in death, but primarily focused on the spread. Right. So we have HIV and AIDS, which is an example of one of the most destructive global pandemics in history. And fun fact about Philly right now is that Temple is making strides to to effectively um, treat HIV and AIDS. They have determined the gene and have successfully rid uh, an animal of the HIV strain recently so fun fact it's happening here in philly um so influenza pandemics have occurred more than once so we had the spanish influenza which killed 40 to 50 million people in 1918 right that's not even that long ago all right continue yeah the asian influenza killed 2 million people in 1957 and then the hong kong influenza killed 1 million people in 1968 so the reason why these numbers go down is because we treat them a little better we treat our people like the way that we contain this better right Uh so that's why the numbers went from 50 million to 1 million yeah which is different right um Uh, pandemics occur when a new subtype of virus arises and humans have no immunity to or, or little of that, so yeah. your risk at it. Um, the virus spreads easily from person to person, like through sneezing or coughing. So mm-hmm. it's just like, right, I, people sneeze on the bus every day. Yeah, and then you <laughs> touch it and that's bad. Yeah. Um, and then it also can cause uh, serious illness worldwide. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what is important about the pandemic is that it's going everywhere, right? Um, yeah, and it can occur in waves in all parts of the world at the maybe affected at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the World Health Organization, or WHO, provides an influenza pandemic alert system with a scale ranging from phase one, which is a low risk of flu pandemic, to phase six, which is a full-blown pandemic, right? Yeah. So we start with phase one, which is a virus in animals that has not shown any infections towards humans. Yes. So it's not really. But it's not for people. Yeah, just animals. Um, An animal flu virus has caused infection in humans is when we get to phase two. Yeah. Um, Phase three is where there's sporadic cases in small clusters of diseases um, from human to human transmission, um, but it's not a community level outbreak. Uh Uh-huh. Phase four, um, the risk for a pandemic is greatly increased, but we don't know. So it's like a pandemic watch. 
if yeah. you will. <laughs> like kind of like tornado the H1N1 watches. scare yeah. where they're like, hey, this is happening. Watch yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. Um, phase five is a spread of disease between humans um, occurring in more than one country, right? So okay. that means that it is spreading and it's alarming. And that's a warning, right? That's like yeah. it is happening and it's, it's on its way somewhere, right? Yeah. And then phase six is when we are absolutely at the outbreak stage um, and it is imminent. A global pandemic is underway. The how many people die from a pandemic is um, contingent upon several different things, right? So yeah. um, it's the number of people who become infected, the severity of the disease caused by the virus, um, the vulnerability of the affected populations, right? So like if they're more um, like available to get this disease, like they're yeah. not protected as well. And then also the effectiveness of preventative steps, right? So if people are not acknowledging, like we saw last week, where you're not, you're just pretending it's not a thing, we yeah. can't take the preventative measures and then we can't like successfully block this off at the head. Yeah. So what happens when outbreaks occur, right? So usually things are handled on a local and then state level before the big guns are called in. So the CDC and the WHO provide resources for local and state governments to follow the basically be honest and have empathy like protocol. Yeah. Right? So we want to, we want to be honest with people. We want people to know. Um, and we also want to, care that people are probably freaked out yeah um the whole plan is to convince people to trust them and then have the people hope that they can deliver what they are promising yeah right and and that would presumably mean they behave yeah <laughs> um in very serious outbreaks quarantine like situation would be administered administered and the end goal is to develop a vaccine to distribute and end the outbreak right so this is where we get to scary territory yeah because we're not just trusting people now we are getting blocked off yeah so the history of quarantine um, thanks to the CDC website, um, we're going to start with the Middle Ages. The practice of quarantine as we know it began during the 14th century in an effort to protect coastal cities from plague epidemics. Ships arriving in Venice from infected ports were required to set at anchor for 40 days before landing. This practice, called quarantine, was derived from the Italian words quaranta Giorni. Yep. <laughs> I can do Italian today. Uh, <laughs> which means 40 days. It translates to 40 days. And this is precisely what the team of Nostromo should have done at the behest of Ripley. Yep. And didn't. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, here in America, the earliest uh, quarantine um, was first established. Um, there was little done to prevent the importation of infectious diseases. So protection against imported diseases fell under local and state jurisdictions. And so individual municipalities enacted a very variety of quarantine regulations for arriving vessels, but it wasn't, it wasn't countrywide. It, it was everyone to decide. Yeah. yeah. So, which is where a lot of things happen and are not good. Right. So, <laughs> um, they would make uh, sporadic attempts to impose quarantine requirements, um, but because of continued outbreaks of yellow fever, it finally prompted Congress to pass federal quarantine legislation in 1878. Yeah, it makes sense that they did that. We actually, when I was in middle school, I read a book called Fever, 19, or 1773 or something like that, and it was about the yellow fever, and it was really scary because it was like historical fiction. But it was really yeah, but it puts it into perspective. Yeah. Um, so this legislation it wasn't conflicting with states' rights, but it did help so that we can have like a more unanimous quarantine 
um, procedure, yeah. right? So now the Division of Global Migration and Quarantine is part of the CDC's National Center for Emerging and Zoonotic Infectious Diseases, so fun, fun. Um, and is headquartered in Atlanta, which is why a lot of films and TV shows like Walking Dead and and con- Contained? Contaminated? Containment. Containment. Contaminated uh, (laughs) is in Atlanta. So quarantine stations are located in Anchorage, Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, El Paso, Honolulu, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, Minneapolis, New York, Newark, Philadelphia, San Diego, San Francisco, San Juan, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. So we're pretty... We got a lot of resources. And it seems like it's mostly where like big airports are ports, like yeah. water ports, like for importing. Exactly. Like where there's a large population. Yeah. Um, under the delegated authority, the Division of Global Migration and Quarantine is empowered to detain, medically, medically examine, or conditionally release individuals in wildlife suspected of carrying a communicable disease, which is what they did in the nuclear situation of, mm-hmm. as well. Right. Um so the diseases historically that have caused us to have quarantines have been cholera, diphtheria, infectious tuberculosis, the plague, smallpox, yellow fever, viral hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic fevers, yep. um, <laughs> such as Marburg, Ebola, and Congo Crimean, and SARS. So historically, we have had to have quarantines. Yeah. Um, and But when now we have vaccines. Yeah. And they are important. So it's important to know where they came from. So Edward Jenner, who was an English country doctor from Gloucestershire. No. (laughs) No, Gloucester. Gloucestershire. (laughs) Gloucester. From Gloucester. Shire. (laughs) Nope. Gloucester. Whatever. Administered the world's first vaccination as a preventative treatment for smallpox, a disease that had killed millions before that, right? Um, There was this British folklore claiming that milkmaids never got ill. So Jenner took that really seriously, and he noticed that milkmaids uh, had gotten cowpox, which was less deadly, um, and then therefore did not get smallpox. So he, in a very ethically challenging situation, infected a young country boy with cowpox with the hope that he would not get smallpox, and he was correct. And so then they then took that and started infecting everyone with cowpox, and they did not have smallpox. So that was the birth of vaccines, which now allows us to fight back. Um, In a more ethical sense. Yes. Because permission. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) But vaccines have fought numerous deadly diseases, including polio, whooping cough, measles, uh, tetanus, yellow fever, typhus, and hepatitis B, and many others. Um, And more sophisticated smallpox vaccines were also developed, and by 1970, international vaccination programs such as those undertaken by the WHO had eliminated smallpox worldwide. Hopefully that stays. Yeah. So we've we've made moves. Yeah, so... What makes a contagious disease smart? So if we're kind of looking at that, it, it's a disease that's highly contagious, spreads quickly, but remains under the radar. So you see something like, I believe you said pandemic was the one that lasts longer. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully that's correct. <laughs> so the one that lasts longer is a smarter disease. The one that affects maybe globally, but is real quick and then kills most of its hosts so that it doesn't continuously spread is Honestly, like, in most, like, CDC regulations considered a dumb disease. It's not worth dying over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're trying to fix this, it really sucks <laughs> if you go in and then you die from that. Because you're just like, this wasn't even a good one. Yeah. This is a dumb one that goes in and kills and gets out. Yeah. I want one that's, like, tricky. 
I gotta solve a mystery. I got I my to work for it. I got my string and safety pins on the wall. Yeah, I'm connecting we're figuring dots. it out. It's a mystery. We're it's fun. dissecting the Legionnaire's disease in the Divine Lorraine. And one thing that's like really funny about what the CDC does is that it is a lot like that because they have to track where the source is. So mm-hmm. they have to find patient zero. Yeah. So they have to go through all the steps of like who was infected first and then like try to trace it back so that they can contain the illness. Yeah. Um, so ways infectious disease spread that'll make everyone's skin crawl and you're going to feel super gross. Go wash your hands. Like go wash Fine. your hands right now. So there's a few different ways they can spread. So you have airborne spread, which is obvious, you know, through the air, through droplets, kind of uh, if it's not filtered out through air filters. Mm-hmm. So um, airlines who have improved air filters will decrease the spread of airborne diseases, mm-hmm. which is what you kind of see in the Plague Inc. game. So there's like yeah. lots of like realistic things in there. Yeah. Um, so essentially they're person to person, cough, sneezes, kind of that stuff that spreads from one person to another through air. Mm-hmm. So they usually die pretty quickly, um, as long, but if they reach somebody, you are infected. Uh, examples of this are common cold, flu, meningococcal disease. Meningococcal meningitis. It's fun to say. <laughs> Rubella. Um, and, you know, they, there's others that spread just through coughs, breathing, sneezing, um, that live longer in the air, like chicken pox, measles, or tuberculosis. So they mm. re- they remain there. There's the ones that die quick and the ones that last. Um, this one's gross. So phaco oral spread, which is just spread through poo. Mm-hmm. And it's spread through poo. Yeah. So that is, it is either in your food, you have touched it, mm-hmm. someone has farted on your pillow. Yep. Um, and poo now in the air everywhere. Guys. That is now all up in your body. It's sad and you don't That's want the truth. it. So de- directly from soiled hands to the mouth, indirectly by way of objects, surfaces, food, or water soiled with feces. Mm-hmm. So think of every single time you've been on the subway, touched something, and then touched your face or your eyes or your mouth before you have washed your hands. <laughs> Examples of diseases that spread through feces. Mm-hmm. Uh, hand, foot, and mouth disease, which I've seen and is very gross. Hepatitis A, meningitis, thrush. Mm. Which you can actually get from inhalers, fun fact, has nothing to do with feces. It's just uh, the chemicals getting all up in your throat and it makes it mad. Um, And worms. So fun. Yay. So contact spread is another. So contact with the skin or mucous membranes, which is a thin, moist lining of many parts of the body, such as the nose, mouth, throat, or genitals. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So anything spread through the mucous membranes basically is a bad time so it comes into contact with the skin or gets all up in your face or if you've had sex bodily fluids kind of thing um so examples chicken pox cold sores hand foot and mouth again a lot of them spread kind of similarly if they have multifaceted ways of spreading that means they are a smart disease they spread quickly and they don't kill Mm. if they They evolve to kill that's different but that's long term you're hoping that you're infecting someone who is not actively seeking medical care (laughs) Um, so fluid spread similar, but this is mostly through sex. So that's where you kind of have like, uh, HIV, AIDS, uh, also hepatitis, BC, CMV, which is, uh, it spreads through saliva, breast milk, semen, and vaginal fluids, which is Mm. gross. Um, and glandular fever. 
So there's also like other things you see, like herpes, stuff like that. Things that are spread through sex and diseases. Yeah. That kind of are based on touch of mucous membranes and gross things Ew. like that. So Don't touch my mucous membranes. Hands <laughs> off. But you basically see like from animal to human, human to human. Yeah. Generally is how it spreads. It's and like what, the movie outbreak. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what you want to do to slow the spread first, wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands often with soap and water as much as possible if there's are not available use alcohol-based hand cleaner or sanitizer yeah you gotta sing this happy birthday song after doing this i kid you not i've been so stressed just like doing everyday stuff i'm like i'm not touching that counter i'm not touching that pole of the subway have i washed my hands 20 times since touching it i don't know i don't feel safe oh no <laughs> avoid touching your mouth nose or eyes so the average person touches their face incessantly mm -hmm. all the time like they don't even realize they're doing it and that's how diseases spread yeah you touch my face all you are creating you are you have touched patient zero and now you are dying. So that's yeah, cool. I'm not trying to create Don't touch OCD people. problems, but I'm just saying it's like really easy because you touch your face so much and your mucous membranes are all out there just ready to be infected. Mm -hmm. um, so when you cough or sneeze, cover, cover your mouth with a tissue or like the dab yeah. sneeze. The dab sneeze. <laughs> um, avoid crowded spaces as much as you can where like you're touching people and you don't want to be. Yeah. Um, and depending on the seriousness of like a disease spread, uh, you want to consider wearing a face mask because mm. that's like honestly the best way to keep your insides safe. That's what they did with SARS a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So if you have in become infected with a disease, mm -hmm. you want to stay home and away from other people while you're contagious. So essentially what the people from that show, the movie that we watched that we were really mad about yeah. during sex happened. Yeah. Um, where he's just like, don't Contracted. go around other people. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, that's basically, unfortunately, unless... Since it's state and local level driven quarantine, it's yeah. a case by case basis. Yeah, they should have quarantined her. Yeah, um, and they didn't. And I feel like that happens more often than not, which is terrifying. But what you're instructed to do is to go to somewhere and stay isolated. Mm -hmm. um, if you can go to a hospital, do that so that they can make that call. Don't mm -hmm. just go to a doctor. It's actually probably cheaper long term. Just go to a hospital. Um, wear a face mask if you must go to a crowded place so that you're not infecting other people. And if possible, have only one person take care of you, not a bunch. Yeah. And um, don't have it be typhoid Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Asymptomatic carriers exist. But yeah, if, if you're already sick, you just kind of got to stay isolated. Um, outside of that, the things you can do is just plan ahead. If there's a big mass spread of invasion, like you would for nuclear apocalypse, have water, canned goods, stuff like that. Try to stay inside. Try to not expose yourself to others. Yeah. That's all I got. Don't burden society with your illness. And if then... there's a vaccine, take it. Yeah. Don't be typhoid Mary and try to save people and everyone dies. And you're like, ah, oh, can't be me? No. Go airplane rules. Save yourself, then try to save others. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's a good one. As we do. Mm -hmm. um, so we watched Containment, which is actually a series from 2016. Unfortunately, it did get canceled after its first season. But mm. it was really entertaining. I was really happy with it. And I did not watch the end because I got mad. But uh, 
I googled what happened and it's okay. So the series follows an epidemic that breaks out in Atlanta, as you know, CDC headquarters, uh, leaving this large city quarantine and those stuck in the inside fighting for their lives. So it's created by Julia Plek, the creator of Vampire Diaries. Yeah, she's great. Um, and it's originally, it's based on the original show is a Belgian show called The Cordon. So it's honestly shot for shot. We were watching the trailer for the Belgian version. We were like, oh, it's funny. Yeah, it's like it's literally like the, the same, same show. same thing. And they call it a cordon, which mm-hmm. is funny because I feel like they wouldn't have done that unless it was based on the Belgian show because we don't say that. We would have said cordon, quarantine. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but I think you're right. Um, but what they do is uh, in the show, they essentially bracket off a part of the city using those big shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea behind that is that there can be only one point of entry and the entry is guarded. Um, and essentially what you kind of see is less about the disease, like it is about the disease, but it's more about how people react to that process. So like what politically do we need to do? It's kind of mm-hmm. taking that CDC regulation sheet and being like, be honest with your people. You need a face to represent who's doing this. And that face needs to be someone who's liked. Yeah. Um, like you need to have someone who's going to make a culture of trust. Yeah. Um, and what's tough about that is generally that's people from the police station. Mm-hmm. Police, unfortunately, in our Locals. current political state are not seen Gonna... as a trusted figure. Yeah. Um, you know, gaining trust of the populace in our current state is very difficult. And it kind of highlights all of that stuff. Yeah. So you can see like the stress of reality <laughs> kicking in there because you're yeah. just like, this is all stuff that like I wouldn't want to trust them either. You're telling me I can't go see my pregnant girlfriend? She's about to pop, and she's in this not safe zone. I need to get in there, is what one of the characters experiences. But it's, like, really fun because it's taken by, like, regular people. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) in the trailer. It's, like, regular people dealing with, like, this outbreak. And the thing about it is, like, that's where I got the line where it's, like, a smart disease versus not, is that the main uh, CDC woman, she's like, I will not die from this. This is not even a smart disease. Yeah. It kills too quick. This isn't something hard to find or figure out. Like, this is just, like, it's stupid. It's reckless, and it's just going in there like bull in a china shop, destroying everything, and it's not fair. Mm -hmm. I had a whole career where I saved people from all these illnesses, and this is how I go? Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. This is, like, spree versus serial killer, right? Like, one you can outthink because you're, like... What is their MO? What is their what are they doing? They do the same things. Where spree is like it just happens and it's it goes out in a blaze of glory literally and that's it and you're like, "Wow. We just have to pick up pieces." Yeah. And that's like kind of what this is and you get like all this like the bureaucratic end of it. It's just very people-centered and it's mm-hmm. very stressful. Um and there's definitely that government conspiracy going yeah, on. Like you start to see towards the end where you know, not to give away spoilers, I didn't even finish the series because my favorite character got sick and I was mad. Uh, <laughs> and I heard, I Googled it, spoilers, that she dies. And I was super upset. I was like, love can happen. Let it happen. Illness show. Lies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying to do that Walking Dead thing where everything's sad and you just got to deal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it got canceled after the first season. But I thought it was really interesting. I'm interested to see the Belgian version. Yeah, and it definitely also plays in, like, the fears of the populace in that it does kick off the disease with it being from someone who's Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. So it, it, And that they're the scapegoat. Yeah, so it's just like they're feeding off of xenophobia here in America, and of course people are going to believe that. They don't even doubt it at all. They're like, oh, of course. 
And then they're like, it's it's terrorism, so we just got to... It essentially gives them the okay to do the quarantine, right? It gives them okay to act as harshly as they did, as quick as they did, because now it's not just like someone got a cold, an American got a cold, let's kind of figure it out. It's we are being attacked. Yeah, so and arguably, that's how America does that. And it seems like there's this big conspiracy that it's like internally created, and then like, that just makes... It honestly makes you not want to trust the system even more. Because you're just like, well, that's what I said. But you said it was terrorism. So I blindly believed you for a Mm -hmm. minute. But now you're telling me it's not? Yep. That actually makes more sense. But I'm upset about it. That's the entire uh, war. Yeah, (laughs) The entire war on terrorism was they're bad. And we were like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, definitely trust us. And then later we found out they weren't at all. And they did it to begin with. Conspiracy theorists against uh, 9-11 saying that the government did it. This show makes that seem believable to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, they... They They needed a reason, so they made one. Yeah, the reason why they even had any weapons over there is our fault anyway. Yeah, like, I'm not saying 9-11 was a conspiracy. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. like, this show like definitely like shows how you get a scapegoat, you pick it. That's what the scapegoat is. People mm-hmm. just believe you. That's how the government works. And then they find out it's not, and then they're just like, what? Yeah. Yes. What? Yeah. And it was scary. And, like, people die really quickly. It was, like, a really yeah, stressful it's really show. It's also, it's very much about people and, like, your family and, you know, losing people in that way, which is... Pretty great. Whereas the other film, so we watched um, a film. So we watched Contagion from 2011, Mm -hmm. which is arguably more of a suspense and drama than it is a horror. But given its topic, I feel like it is a horror. And it's in the right of, like, the fact that people are dying as drastically as they did. Yeah. So um, Contagion is about healthcare professionals, government officials, and everyday people who find themselves in the midst of a worldwide epidemic as the CDC works to find a cure. So this is literally like those two games that we played, but on the ground. Like we mm-hmm. are seeing the different kinds of organizations and then just run of the mill people dealing with these issues. So we have like a, we have, um, what is it? Matt Damon, who is yeah. the, who's a dad who's yeah. immune and is just dealing with the fact that like his daughter might be at risk for getting this. We're seeing people in the CDC um, trying to protect people and putting in those implementation implementation of these um, procedures and then dying. Uh, we're seeing doctors trying to find a cure and subjecting themselves to their own vaccines um, mm-hmm. to find a cure, which is a little more ethically acceptable than infecting, infecting a young country boy. Strange children that you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're also seeing, like, how they're interacting with other countries. We're also tracking patient zero and trying to see, like, how that worked. So you're getting all these different points of views. Oh, and a, a journalist who is causing problems with yeah. our, like, who is derailing the system and, and is further fueling the untrust, the distrust of the government, which then affects how they can properly um, contain the virus and the spread. Yeah, and it's just like this double-edged sword because you need trust, but at the same time, there's just such a long history of earned distrust. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you have, like, a journalist in both show, like, the show and the movie one who both like kind of ruin efforts mm-hmm. like the one redeems himself in the show but this guy does not mm-hmm. in the movie yeah. where it's just like he just calls so many people to die because they're not listening you know to yeah what the government's telling them and 
I don't know who the good guy is. Well, in, so in containment, you have the, the journalist who is causing stress, right? But honestly, he was just trying to inform the people. Um, and he was like most people were afraid of the quarantined area and wanted people to be free. And kind of like when you look at it, it does feel like it should be. But um, whereas in, in Contagion, that journalist, his motive was just to make money. Like, mm-hmm. he was just in there for fame, and he was just in there uh, to make money off of Big Pharma, essentially. So he yeah. fibbed and said this one drug saved him, and he was never infected. So it's, yeah, that's, like, those are two different journalists in, in the eyes of what it was. But um, in a magazine, uh, New Scientist, uh, they had an article that said, Contagion doesn't skimp on science. Uh, so the author of that wrote, um, it's hard to name many Hollywood blockbusters that are as invested in the realities of science as Contagion. Although it is by no means flawlessly accurate, it's a Nova documentary. Contagion has been it's well... Not an- it's not a Nova documentary, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, Contagion has been well fact-checked compared to most science e blockbusters. Very few Hollywood productions realistically portray the process of science, both its successes and frustrations. And that's what makes Contagion unique. And that's what really captivated my interest at the time, right? It was that it was... I, w- I felt like I was watching an actual thing happening. I didn't yeah. feel like it was glorified. I didn't feel like it was it just like scare, real. scare, scare. Mm-hmm. It was like, these are people just trying to do this. They're just trying to survive. And it sucks <laughs> so <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> and I actually also read an article that said that it was very scientifically sound. Mm. So um, so the fictional MEV1 virus has some plausible elements, likely because it was modeled off of a very real Nympa virus and inspired by real outbreaks and pandemics. Interestingly enough, the technical consultant for the film, Dr. W. Ian Lipkin, is the same guy who helped bust the I Am Legend for Popular Mechanics. Yeah, because it's so, not true. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this can't happen. But essentially, the whole jump from animals to humans is very realistic because that is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that the spread of the disease is different. Yeah. And the way how much it mutates and stuff like that is yeah. somewhat unrealistic. So a CDC expert told PBS that the transmission more closely resembles the SARS outbreak or the H1N1 pandemic, but also said that influenza and NIMPA have incompatible genomes and are not capable of recombination in nature. So like the mutations themselves or like the rapidness mm-hmm. of it was like a little too intense. Um yeah, but the way that the vaccine was discovered was also pretty realistic. It was unfortunate that the doctor had to infect herself. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that was pretty real. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty plausible in the way that, like, it was designed, essentially. Yeah. It's like they did it intentionally, and they, like, tried to be as factually sound. Where, unlike some, where they usually have a zombie element, mm-hmm. which is, like, more so unrealistic. But yeah, sensational. The biggest thing is, like, what they try to do in those movies is make them real big, quick, all one-off, like, you die. hmm Yeah. <laughs> you sneeze and you're dead. Like, that's kind of... And that's what they try to do here, but it was a little more realistic um, in the way that it was spread, so they tried. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely delves a lot into emotions. Like, so, whereas 
containment has this element of like we don't trust the government and, mm-hmm. they, and you turns out you don't have any reason to trust the government <laughs> yeah. uh you actually really shouldn't in that film right good job not trusting good job. <laughs> you know whereas with con- contagion there are some elements of that right where it's just like um we're only they're only human right so mm-hmm. um you have what is it Lawrence Fishburne I think so. Yeah. He is a guy who works for the CDC, and at some Mm -hmm. point he notifies his wife and tells her to get out of town, which is breaking confidentiality. Like, that's not what we're telling everyone else. So he's using his advantage of knowing what this is happening to protect his family. And so Mm -hmm. someone overhears it, and he kind of loses credibility, and he, he repairs that. But it's just this idea that, like our government is just people, right? They're just humans and they are going to just be able to do what they can. Right. And even Mm -hmm. in containment, we see like the figurehead they have is just a human. He isn't the entire representation of a disease or a containment process, right? He is just a human who is trying to do what's right. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like in these aspects, what we see in the media and with, with fear of contagion, right, is that we are all just human. And, and there is no right or wrong, like there's a right or wrong way to proceed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes it's just doing what it's going to do. Yeah. And we just have to wait it out. We have to wait for these intelligent people who are bearing the entire weight of, like, civilizations to uh, find a cure, to find a vaccine to save us. And then, you know, hopefully we will have herd immunity from our vaccines and we will be safe. Yeah. And that's what they're kind of hoping to show. Um, it's, like, super heartbreaking when you see um, Gwen Paltrow, like, die, like, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And it was just, she was just, like, he says it himself. He's like, one minute she was sick. The next minute she's gone. Like, he doesn't even comprehend it, Matt Damon's character. So it's just, like, that's how quick some of it is sometimes. And then, like, you really don't even get to see him fully realize and, like, grieve until, like, an hour in. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's because it's, like, it happens so fast and he just had to be, like, okay for his daughter. And it's, like, so real and, like, really quick. Mm -hmm. Sudden loss, you know? They don't even get to, like, mourn or do that because you're in it. You're still in it. Which is, like, a zombie situation mm-hmm. right um which is like zombies just if uh like an extreme version of the realities of what we see yeah. which is why we didn't want to specifically cover zombies this time yeah and i mean zombies I'm not saying they can't happen <laughs> but it's more likely if it were ever to happen in some light more like a rate a rage virus similar to like 28 days later mm-hmm. um where it's uh rabies like and how it operates. Yeah, and like quarantine. Spread. Yeah, quarantine as well. Um, but the biggest thing is what usually gets done in movies is that they spread it too quickly. Like you get bit and you're yeah, zombie you die. And that's not what happens. Because <laughs> uh, it takes a few minutes for like the blood to even rec- register a new thing is there. Yeah. So it'd probably take like a day. Yeah. For you to realistically turn. Which is why you have 40 days to stay your butt outside of the Nostromo. Because you ain't coming in here. Mm-hmm. With your with alien, alien inside of your t- belly yeah. that you decided to put your face all up in. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 40 days, 40 nights out there. It's like the Lord intended. Yes. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, I said feelings. Let's talk about feelings. Okay. So 
So if you like it, we're going to go by our journalists from our shows. So mm-hmm. I realize we did not say their names until now, but you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so Leo Green, if you like it, because that's the one from Containment. And he was definitely, he like redeemed himself and was yeah. like trying to like uncover what was happening because his friends died and he was sad and he was trying to do right by them. He had like a more emotional story. Yeah. Like him. And he was, tr- the whole time he was trying to do what's right. Yeah. Even though he didn't know. What he was doing, like, he accidentally messed up yeah. when he did. He like, was just, he just had a, a savior complex that was morphed. Yeah, he just didn't realize the impact of what he was doing. Yeah. It's okay. That happens. Um, or Alan Crumweed, who is the one from Containment, or Contagion. Mm-hmm. Contagion. And he's bad, and he's trying to make money off of people dying, and it's real messed up. I mean, he, like, doesn't see the error of his ways, and I really No, like ever. Him. He's I love so silly and Murphy, but he, like, No, really that's sucks. Jude Law. Whatever. Oh, you're right. You are right. Game. Oh, my God. I love you. Silly Murphy is from 28 They look later. very different. I know. And, well, but you, they both this have movie those high is not a good bones. time for you. They both you have high cheekbones. Fun fact, listener. Kat also got Kate Winslet and Gwyneth Paltrow mixed up throughout the entirety of the film, and I don't understand. Not all white ladies look the same. <laughs> I have a hard time. It's fun. So, uh, Jude Law plays this character, I'm and it's sorry. kind of funny yes. to see him be, like, this bad guy. Yeah, I'm used to seeing him be nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was very bad. He was bad. He was ruthless. He didn't care. And then when he finally got got, it was like because he got found out for being a fraud. But he took no ownership over it. Yeah. So for the the topic of um, viral apocalypse, Alan, Alan, don't like it. It's scary. Yeah. I'm, like, so stressed all the time. I'm, like, try actively to not touch my face now. Which, I mean, it's good. I learned. Yeah. But it's, like, I'm experiencing significantly more anxiety than I would like to on a daily basis since this topic has started. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would, for viral, um, yeah. So, like, I, yeah, I can see that because we, because the whole point of something like the virus, like, that's what I feel like this apocalypse <laughs> of this whole series kind of is traumatic is because... Most of the time, it's out of your hands. Mm-hmm. But this one kind of is in your hands because you just got to do better. Yes, but at the same time, it's like if you were Gwyneth Paltrow and you were eating at that restaurant and you shook yeah, hands you with that know. guy, you're dead. You're dead. It has yeah. nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. You're dead. You go to Legion, you go to the Divine Lorraine for a Legion's meeting, you're dead. Okay? It's just how it happens, right? Yeah. You wake up one day, I am Legend, you're dead. <laughs> so to me and it's like it's totally out of your hands right it's the government's procedure it's whoever's taking care of this virus um it's it's completely out of your hands and you just like until it is in your hands you have you can't do anything yeah just existing hurts what about the films um i like them i'll go leo green they're yeah. they're good i enjoyed my time yeah they're fun. They're scary in a different way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I'm generally used to viral outbreak in the zombie sense, which mm-hmm. is like, this was always fun. Yeah. Um, but it was different because it was definitely more realistic in the way that it's like, your friends are gone, man. Yeah. Wife cough, wife dead. Like, wife cough, wife dead. It was just stress. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's... it's uh, sudden. They, it's done very well. So, yeah, I argue that both of these are horror and that... The situations they cover are horrific. It's scary to us. Yeah. And so, like, stuff that, like, maybe not on the same scale, but, like, could happen. Yeah. If, like, a deadly virus got out, you went somewhere on a vacation, which is also, like, why are these people traveling so much? <laughs> so, like, I don't understand. No, but it's just, like, it's always what happens. <laughs> 
that they go to a country and then they're just like touching stuff and then they come home and they're all sick now. Yeah. There was a house episode about that. I remember it freaked me out to no end. I was mm-hmm. just like, this is how we go. I'm not saying don't travel, but like don't go places and touch everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we should end all the episodes of the apocalypse with the fact that like how likely as a Philadelphian would we be able to survive? And I'm going to say right now that we would all be dead here. One, yeah. like, we have a lot of public transit. Like you said, we just, I touched, uh, I've seen some things. I've seen some things on the subway and the bus and all of that, and it's terrifying. And just, like, we're too close-knit. If something hit one of us, it hits all of us. If it's mm-hmm. in the air, if it's just, like, Oh, I'm existing. super dead. I work in schools. Yeah, You schools, know who spread diseases? Kids. Babies. Kids spread illness. <laughs> they just like put their stuff else. everywhere. I got mono from teaching preschool. <laughs> because you know what kids do is they drool all over their hands and then they touch you. And then like you're in a classroom, you can't use the bathroom or wash your hands because you're in there for three hours. They don't give you breaks because you're the only adult. And you can't leave the two-year-olds by themselves. So you can't wash your hands and you forget and then you touch your face and now you have mono. So like what I'm saying is You would be dead. All gonna die. Yes. So we that was that. my rant. I apologize. I love working with kids, but oh my God, just like they are your immune system grows a lot because you get sick all the time. Yeah. And then eventually you just stop getting sick all the time because you have to, or you're just never going to feel good again. Yeah. Um, so your immune system builds up, but like kids spread disease, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> don't get married like Matt Damon did. And then, then a virus kills your kids and your, and wife. your wife. Cough. Instantly. Wife, dead wife. Yeah. Or your wife, your girl is pregnant. You can't go over the containment wall. The cordon is there. My wife's there too. Like, we're both in this together. But guess what? Virus got it. I'm still sneaking over that wall, man. Sneaking over the wall. I would sneak over the wall for you. Aw. Aw. Okay, you. (laughs) I probably would too. I feel like I would. You would try. You're one of the people I would. Yeah. You know, I always think about that. I was like, who do I love? You know, and I'm like in a real scope of love. When you, you have know? to do that. There's a whole film I'm about like, that. Do I watch. have to go find them? Yeah. And would I? Yeah. Like, do, would I feel motivated to? Yeah. And every few years I'm just sitting in bed and I'm like, you know, if zombies were to happen tomorrow, the people who are not in my immediate house, who would I go get? Yeah. And that's how I know who I love. That's good. Because those are the people that go get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Puts everything really into perspective. Yeah. There's a whole movie where it's like the the white boyfriend and it's like the her, his girlfriend's black. And so that's already a problem. But then it's like now they're separated and he's got to hang out with bl- the black dad to go save her in this mm. like unsafe condition. And I, I don't know. It's on Netflix or something. I don't know. We'll that's watch cool. it sometime. But that sounds good. <laughs> remember, don't get married like your kids. Or they'll get sick and just like take care of your families. Yeah. Don't send your kids to school sick. Sorry, I'm done. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.